love over fear. I'm going to live boldly. I'm not going to listen to my ego saying, what if you are not enough? Because absolutely, if this comes from your heart, then it's going to be beautiful no matter how it turns out. And mm. um, yeah, this is such a beautiful lesson for everyone, you know? Like, you can do anything that lights you up. You know, if you feel it in your body, this is why embodiment practices are so beautiful. So when that you are presented with these opportunities, your body gives you that permission straight away. Welcome to Doing It For The Dharma, a safe and sacred space where we dive into juicy, nourishing topics related to our soul's evolution. To inspire you to do your dharma, I share with you the inspiring stories of souls from around the world who had the courage to follow their own inner calling, and so can you. Namaste beautiful souls, welcome to a brand new episode of Doing It For The Dharma. It is so good to be with you here. Before I dive into our guest, I would just love to share an amazing experience that I had last night. So it was the new moon in Virgo and I went to my first ever breathwork session. Now the only breathwork I've been familiar with or actively practicing is pranayama from the traditions of yoga, but I'd never ventured out to try any other breathwork techniques. And it was a three hour workshop and wow, it was absolutely incredible. So we spent the evening, we spent the first hour diving into, you know, the philosophy and the next second part of that we were doing our breath work and oh my goodness it was incredibly healing people around me were crying and i didn't have that breakthrough until sabrina the beautiful space holder came around and she just put her hands on me in a space that i felt a lot of emotional tension and pain on my body and my lower abdomen and as soon as she put her hands on me i just burst into tears and had such a powerful emotional release from this practice it was it was really quite incredible to tap into this deep deep pain this deep wounding that I've been storing in my lower kind of sacral chakra area from some of the health issues I've been having the past few months if you listen to um a few episodes back my raw deep healing journey you can hear all about that there and the journey that I've been on to to heal this process but yeah guys it was truly incredible and after we finished the breath work we lay there and it was just such powerful music and I was having all of these different realizations and it just goes to show that all we really need is our breath right we don't actually need anything else to be able to take us to these levels of consciousness so what a powerful tool and the space holder facilitator sabrina i'm actually going to be interviewing her tomorrow so her episode will be out in a few weeks time so i'm very very excited to share that with you now the guest the beautiful guest that we have for this interview is a dear dear sister of mine louisa fenn she is a yoga teacher an actress she is a pure embodiment of shakti the divine feminine she's a powerful space holder 
She's run beautiful workshops, assisted in retreats. And wow, I've had the blessing of co-hosting some beautiful workshops with her. And we actually met in Australia at a Krishna community last year. And we've been on such a journey together ever since. And we did actually record an episode together a year ago. If you'd like to have a listen back to that first, feel free and go ahead. But wow. In this episode, we dive into so many beautiful topics. And I recommend before you start listening, if you have any cacao, if you're at home, make yourself a nice, juicy, warm cup of nourishing cacao. Add all the different spices. And we have a mini cacao ceremony on this episode. So it would be so cool if you were there with your cacao to take that first sip with us together. So if you have some, pause it now and go make it cacao. So yeah, we dive into beautiful topics such as, you know, connecting to your intuition, embodying the divine feminine, whilst also finding a nice grounding balance in our divine masculine energy too. In this episode, Lou shares about her Vipassana experiences, how we can remain equanimous. She shares about some beautiful projects she has coming up. We dive into a little tantra, nonviolent communication. Oh, so many areas. I know you're going to love this episode. So Take some time to listen in sacred pause, whether you're going for a walk in nature, running yourself a bath, just really, yeah, take that space to soak in the beautiful feminine wisdom that Louisa has to offer. Namaste, Lou. Welcome (laughs) back to Doing It For The Drama. (laughs) Such a blessing. So good to have you back. back. Woohoo! Oh, so so excited. And as always, before we dive in, you know, the question I'd love to ask you is what does Dharma mean to you now in this moment after a year on since our first episode mm-hmm. together? Yes, thank you so much for asking because I remember us diving into this portal a year ago, exactly a year ago, and the Dharma has has opened up so much more and the meaning of dharma is has reverted back to a very traditional meaning for me and coming back to the original sanskrit meaning of of dharma you know duty you know in in the gita we describe it as it's it's your duty and and i have two versions of this answer for you <laughs> first one is my duty is is Purely as simple as to breathe and to love and to exist in this world. It is no longer associated with fulfilling a career. It is purely to exist in this incarnation and to find out what that incarnation is to help people. What is my duty to help this humanity, to help Mother Earth? What can I give back? What can I spend my energy on? Very much down to the core of my existence. What is my duty? So the last year has been finding out exactly what that is, not with expectation or with pressure or rushing, but purely to dive deeper into sacred practices and finding out wisdom and knowledge through many teachers so I can connect deeper to that truth. 
yeah, truth and duty are very much similar things. Mm, wow, what a beautiful answer. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on that. And I love how, yeah, you share about the importance of serving and helping others. Because I agree, this is just like the key essence, the key makeup of Dharma. Like, it can't be our Dharma if it's selfish or if it's in no way beneficial to other people. So I really love that you wove that in. And mm. yeah, I think it would be really cool just to reflect upon the past year since we recorded our first episode for those who are listening and haven't listened to that episode I highly recommend just pause go back listen just to just to have that little bit of comparative view of you know the whole process the whole journey you've been on and I know so much has happened in that space of the year so many lessons have been learned so much growth is taking place so are you open to sharing a little bit about that journey that transition to where uh, you are now amazing oh yeah and as you were saying that I was like stroking my heart which is like the physical response to your to your voice and your question just diving straight into that portal I love it um yeah the last year for me and you as as sisters we have been through so much together and a lot of these lessons and experiences have been shared and often we have communicated, tapping into wherever we are in the world. We have been continuously checking in with each other as accountability spirit sisters. You know, we've been holding ourselves accountable and we have been measuring this as we've been going on, you know, with, with so much love and compassion. And yeah, there has been so many lessons. There's been, it's been you know, traveling, traveling the world for both of us in such incredible times, societal <laughs> changes, you know, it's, it's been um, really, really interesting. But one of the main lessons and one of the continuance, uh, the continuing practices has been following your intuition, mm. following your intuition, living intuitively. And um, that can be from really simple things from just responding to a question and noticing what your body says or how you eat or where you go and what relationships you follow. And that has shaped my dharma and that has shaped my offerings and that has shaped my connections and locations. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big question you're asking and I hope I can narrow it down. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. There's been so many, so many unfoldings, but I love what you say here, the key point about, yeah, just listening to your intuition to guide you through this whole journey. And what does that look like for you? Like listening to your intuition, what, how do you, what, how do you embody that? Mm, I love that question. What is intuition to me? It's this inner tutor. It's like the body keeps the score, right? So we're just checking in and we're learning how to listen. So yeah, mm. what does intuition mean to you? It's, it's, it's learning how to listen to the inner voice inside of you. And that's a really hard thing to describe because it is an essence. It's a vibration, it's a feeling, it's, it's energy. You know, it's energy in motion that, that the more you continue to revisit these practices and, and find discipline with this lifestyle it's um it gets louder and louder and louder mm. beautiful and what are some of these 
the main practices that you would say has really helped you to just quiet down that internal voice so you can hear the whispers of your intuition? Like, yeah, what are some of the key tools that have really been beneficial in that process? Mm. Yes, in no particular order. Um, I'd like to just start with ecstatic dance and, and finding that movement medicine, you know, like I am such a physical person that embodiment practices bring me from my head to my heart, you know, mm. and they remove the fear, they remove impermanent feelings of anxiety and, and worry and they um, it just brings me into my truth, this, this heart space so I can come from a place of love when thrown into the deep end sometimes. You know, just before we had this Zoom call, I had a, I had a coffee and I don't normally drink coffee. And I was, and I was feeling like instantly like oof, back in my head. And I was like, okay, mm. what can bring me down? So I had some lavender and I had some, uh, a little lie down. And then when I woke up, I had, um, I just had a little movement medicine session just to bring me back into my body because from there, I feel like I can come from the space of groundedness. You know? mm. Another practice would be even cacao ceremonies, you know, experiencing Mother Earth in this way from, from a liquid form, but then just being in the forest and being in mar and, and, and swimming. And, you know, it's, it's very feminine, the intuition. So I like to visit these feminine practices in water, forest, mother <laughs> finding the divine mother in me you know mm. wow that's so beautiful and that's one of I think that's one of the main reasons why I'm so drawn to you or why our souls are so intrinsically connected in that way because we're just so all about juicy juicy shakti like getting up and dancing even if no one else is in the morning kirtans in the circles and just yeah just allowing ourselves to really embody that raw feminine express the emotions get naked in nature and dance and sing and I really really mm. admired that and I know how much healing potential it has for so many people not even just women but just to get out of that masculine frame which is all located in the head right as you said when you drank your coffee this morning you were straight away in your head and it's like we can't hear our intuition if we're trapped within the logical reasoning mind. So I love what you said about the ecstatic dance, getting you into your body. And only when we are embodied, then we can hear the intuition because it doesn't come from the mind. I believe it comes from that heart space, which is so, mm. so powerful. And I love exactly. that you mentioned the cacao because we are mm -hmm. sitting here right now with a freshly made cup of cacao on other ends of the world. And um, mm. yeah, just if you're open to sharing, like what is this whole cacao ritual about for you? Like what does it allow you to connect to within yourself, within Mother Earth? Thank you. Well, very much connecting to what you were saying, Earth, Earth Mother Cacao, she, she is such a sacred medicine that has come from very old traditions in South America and has continued to spread around the world. And, and it connects us to this ancestral lineage of, of the heart space. And for me, it's, it's very much the Ingen ceremony, you know, and the last year has very much been about making life a ceremony and ritual and having 
having these daily moments of tapping into a cacao space, you know, cacao is a heart opening medicine. So it only makes sense when we set intentions when we drink this medicine, do we have more, um, more chance of these things manifesting. And it's, mm. it's not to say that there is always a goal with having cacao. It's just, no, it's just very much a peaceful offering to yourself. It's an offering of self-care and self-love and tapping into this tribal wild woman that lives inside of you, men or women, you know, this is just the mm. feminine that you're tapping into. And, and if we can connect to nature in this way and it can ground us and, and we can feel safe and supported and happy and, with gratitude and why not have this part of your everyday you know <laughs> mm, I love that so so much and yeah I love how you mentioned about this has such ancient ancient roots and like we recently ran a cacao ceremony for the full moon so I was diving in some more research and one thing that stood out for me was that the Mayan culture really, really worshipped the cacao and they saw one of their main deities being born from a cacao pod. And then from that cacao pod, the blood of this god was like sprinkled onto the cacao pods, which then created humans. So they believe the ancient Mayans, that humans were created from cacao and cacao in Mayan uh, translates to hot blood. So even they saw wow. it as like this massive, expensive heart opener. And there's a really beautiful um, story amongst all of these ancient cultures that when humanity and nature becomes out of balance, the cacao in the jungle will begin to grow and thrive because they believe that the cacao holds the bridge to like the spiritual and the earthly realm, helping to open people's hearts and reharmonize the nature. So it's like they knew, they were so tapped in, like look how advanced, you know, the Mayan calendar, their civilization was. So it's just like, we're so blessed to be able to receive that wisdom, even if not consciously, like just mm. being able to sip this cacao and just tap back into those lineages of just fully expanding the heart is just, it's a big, big blessing. So wow. yeah, we're very grateful to have this medicine. Thank you for sharing. Oh, that is such, it's so important to find out this research, you know, that's wonderful that you've um, you dove deeper into that. And, and I love how she would grow when you need her most. It's like, mm. you know, Ma knows, she keeps the score and she rains when she needs to rain and she shines when she needs to shine. And, and this is such a representation of us. You know, we grow when we need to grow. We serve when we need to serve. And, and just like her, we are psychical seasonal beings. And, and, it's, and it's about tapping into that and honoring those seasons and cycles. You know, that's such a huge part of Mother Cacao. And um, we are such beautiful reflections of that history so thank you for sharing that mm, definitely that was beautifully channeled sister and it was so fun like that you know when we were living at the krishna community all that time ago that we ran a couple of cacao ceremonies together and now you know a year's gone on we're on opposite sides of the world and like you're still running your cacao ceremonies i'm still <laughs> running mine like we're still tapped into that energy Mm. which is so beautiful so yeah it'd be really cool to hear about where you are right now how you got to this place physically and internally mm. and just hearing a little bit about your your more recent journeys if you get open mm. thank you for asking and I hope you don't mind right before I answer that I would just like to 
be with you right now with our cacao and just mm. and just take our first sip and and for the listeners maybe you can just imagine this sweet soma dripping down your throat and plugging you into the earth with us and just be in this mm. container that you've made maddie um and absolutely as you say we're on the other side of the world but we can still dive into ceremony together we're energetically together and um I would just like everyone to take a nice deep inhale through the nose. Exhale through the mouth. Try small. And and let's embody what we've been speaking about and just notice what's alive in us before we drink. And notice what gut feeling comes to you when you picture your belly right now, what's alive in you. You can feel devotion and sacredness and gratitude for, for Madeline. Feel earthy. <laughs> I feel very much connected to this Virgo first of September month. And uh, my intention when drinking this cup is just to find truth, find peace, and hopefully spread this love into your into this digital world and, and maybe inspire people to to begin embodiment practices. Jema, sister Jema, enjoy your Jema, it's beautiful. Mm. Mm. Well, also oh sacred medicine. Okay, before we dive in, I'm curious, what did you put in your cacao? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. Um, so I have found um, a few recipes, but my go-to now is mm. alternative milk. It can be coconut soy oat or almond and i like to put ginger in it quite generous i'm quite i like i need that fire that pita mm -hmm. and i will put a lot of cinnamon in it some turmeric and some black pepper just to activate the turmeric um and i will put maybe sometimes a bit of cayenne pepper and um, some honey or maple syrup and then finish it off with cacao and just whisk it through and then put my intentions in there and pour it into my favorite mug mm. Just, mm, what about you oh beautiful very similar i've got also ginger cinnamon turmeric black pepper um <laughs> i also have some mushroom powders so i put cordyceps mm. in the chaga and reishi and mm. A little bit of a little splash of coconut milk and then of course the cacao yeah so mm. good so mm. divine <laughs> yeah and so good that i've forgotten the question that you asked <laughs> so i was i was kind of leading towards mm. hearing about the journey that you're currently embarking on now in this new land and how you came to be here and all of the exciting things that are unraveling It'd be beautiful mm -hmm. Well, you know, we're connecting back to what we first spoke about. My current location is in Spain, south of Spain, Andalusia. And um, my intuition brought me here. And I don't want to sound cliche, okay? This 
this is like <laughs> a huge pinnacle moment of my life where I fully listen to this inner tutor inside of me, guiding me here. It was, I was in Australia and where we last spoke and um, the, it came to a time where I was deciding, okay, where do I need to go next? Okay, do I go to South of Australia? Do I go here? Do I go there? Do I fly back? Do I go to Darwin? Do I go to the East Coast? Do I go to another country? And uh, my sisters and brothers were all kind of dispersing and it was like this big seasonal shift. And I decided to follow my dear brother and sister, River and Amanda, and we were gonna go to the Margaret River, a really beautiful part of Australia just for winter. And that was, that was the decision. And then the next day we were about to go on this walk into the forest. And just as we got to this sacred space, this amazing park, um, my full body just seized up. It was like, I recognized this feeling from when I years and years ago had panic attacks. And it was like, I couldn't breathe. My body needed me to stop, to listen. You know, I was completely sober. I was happy. I was vibrant. This is not a negative feeling that I was experiencing. It was just like a full stop, stop sign from my body saying, stop right now. I need you to listen to me. And I was like, what is this? What is this? I've never experienced such a shocking vibration that's so out of my control. And I said to River and Amanda, guys, can you just wait for a minute? I just need to really listen to my body. And I sat in the back of the car and I just breathed and just ask great spirit you know what what are you trying to tell me right now and it just said home it just said home and full body chills and I had no idea what that meant and um home to me is is not the lands where I was born in the UK but it, it was where my family are in Spain and um and so I <laughs> You know, I spoke to my brother and sister, River and Amanda, in the forest about it. And, and we weighed up the pros and cons of me leaving. And honestly, it was just, it just turned back to the feeling. I said, guys, I really actually don't know why I have to listen to this, but I feel like I'm being called to go there. Mm. And so I booked a ticket that day. And well, I went the next week. And I just decided this big voyage to Australia was all of a sudden over and it wasn't a big deal it was just right you know and then all the signs start coming up and then everything starts flowing again and it mm. was like the floodgates had opened my riverbanks could would widen up again and the stream of consciousness could continue to flow and the shakti was pouring in and I was creative again and and everyone could hear in my voice that it was right and could feel mm. in my vibration that it was correct so it it was scary but this is where it comes in, right? Choosing love over fear. And it felt like love. So mm. got on the plane, went to Spain. And then opportunities have come up here that I didn't even know were mine to experience. And um, it's been a big journey from here. <laughs> wow. So powerful. Thank you for sharing that really, yeah, vulnerable experience, right? And as you were talking mm -hmm. about it, I was getting chills too. And I remember when you first told me about that experience too. And and what I think is even more powerful, like me just knowing like the kind of back threads of the story is that I remember you also had an uh, astrology reading. And mm -hmm. if I remember yeah. correctly, what came up in the reading was like, don't make any big decisions right now. And you were <laughs> like, I'm still listening to my intuition. So yeah, yeah I really love that. 
you honored yourself, you know, even if the external, even if the universe was testing you, like, okay, how much are you going to really yeah. receive this message if we throw a little ambiguous <laughs> distraction, you know? Yeah, yeah, I love that, how you make it seem so cheeky. Um, it was like, I'm just <laughs> going to ignore you. <laughs> um, yeah, this astrologer, you know, it was, it was a really interesting time, and I went to her, and she said, don't make any big decisions right now, you know, your, your chart is playing out, and um, and you know, these are all systems that we can we can be open-hearted to and open-minded to, but they don't decide for us. You know, they don't know our heart. That might be off, just the tiniest percentage that might be off. Um, and uh, yeah, she said I wasn't gonna leave Australia till 2026 and look where I am now, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Good for you, girl. And that's the thing, like, yeah, we can switch the timelines that we're on as well so effortlessly. Like when we do drop into that timeline of love and do what's right for us, even when it makes sense to no one else in the world around you, like deep down, you know, and I feel that I had a very similar experience when I first arrived in Australia and like COVID had just happened and, and none of Europe had locked down yet. It was like six months on until Europe locked down, but everyone in my family was like come home go back to Europe blah, blah, blah. and I was like mm. no like there's something so deep inside of me that says no and anyway mm. I decided to get out of Melbourne and lit, like the next week and I found a community and booked a flight and then the next when I left Melbourne was locked down for a year obviously we didn't know that was going to happen and then the whole of Europe mm. locked down I'm like wow I'm glad I trusted that that inner tutor which I love that you call the intuition so yeah it is powerful when we do fully receive and trust those messages and I really admire that because it takes so much courage because there is no evidence there is no like oh if you do do this you're going to be safe and held you just have to have that trust so mm. how would you say that someone can learn to start cultivating that deeper sense of inner trust within themselves I know that's a really big question but do you have anything to to share on that for the listeners it's a beautiful question something that we need to continually dig deeper into answering and share our thoughts on that and feelings um yeah when you first start embodiment practices you're going to receive a lot of messages from your body it only makes sense and sometimes it takes it's confusing to listen to and sometimes the intuition needs more information so this is where the mind and the body come into harmony because we can't, I believe we can't solely rely on our intuition. I do believe we have to uh, find companionship between the mind and the body. And the mind can support the intuition with information. So then the intuition can then respond with an energetical reply. And um, so it's, it's not being overcritical and it's not being judgmental with what the intuition says and if it doesn't feel right and if it's not flowing even when you've acted from your intuition just give it some more information and listen to it and 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 communicate about it to other people who are also doing these practices and to and to meditate with it you know meditation can seem like such a masculine practice sometimes but it, it meditation can quieten the mind so you can really hear it and that's what Vipassana has recently taught me is that it can be a very feminine practice and it can, and it can regulate your intuition. It can regulate the intuition's responses and you find 
this language that only you can speak, if that makes any sense at all. It's like you create this harmonious language with yourself. And it takes practice and it takes time and, I'm, and it's, it's a lifelong practice, you know. Sometimes I get it wrong. Sometimes I really get it wrong. Um, mm. I don't know. I think it's um, just being kind to yourself as you're going along with these practices. Plant medicine is really beautiful to plug you into that. Um, yoga, of course, yoga. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yoga is such a beautiful practice for this chanting um i think all these sacred practices that we're practicing Maddie, they, they all support mm. the intuition they all create harmony with that inner voice and um it's just finding the ones that resonate with you don't take my answer for it you know mm. so it's compassionate self-investigation mm, i love that so so much yeah that's so beautiful and so true that yeah these practices may work really really well for us but for someone at home they may not resonate at all and that doesn't mean there's something wrong with this person it just means that their soul has chosen other avenues to bring them into alignment or to bring them into their truth so I love that you shared that point and I know you touched on some beautiful topics there but I'd love the, um, I'd love to dive into the Vipassana a little bit. So for the listeners at home who are not at all familiar with what Vipassana is, would you first like to share, yeah, the meaning of that? Mm, mm, I'd love to. So Vipassana is a method that was created by the Buddha over 2,600 years ago. And it is an ancient practice that has been practiced for so long now, and it is a meditation technique and vipassana translates to clear sight so it what it does is when you dive into a vipassana typically a retreat starts from a seven day noble silence retreat and it can go up to 21 days it can go further but like the average time is 10 days noble silence and what noble silence means is that you you are literally physically silent and you don't have any eye contact, you don't have any technology, you don't even journal or read and spend that whole time with yourself. And that can be scary as hell, right? <laughs> and this scared the shit out of me when I first heard of Vipassana. All my friends, Lou, you really need to go into this portal, you know, if you're, if you're experiencing this, you need Vipassana. And I, I gave this self-affirmation of like, why would I do that? I am not that sort of person. I am a mover. I am a speaker. You know, I'm a very external person. I'm not internal. Meditation is not for me. I created these stories, you know, and um, actually it was the biggest gift. It was the biggest gift. And it was, and it's, um, it's a chance for you to retrain the neurological pathways that we have created through our trauma, through our environment, through our relationships, through past lives. We can go there, you know, and all mm. of that stuff that is not ours to keep, we find this bird's eye view of, of how we've been living and we can say, actually, I'm going to notice this. And as soon as you notice and acknowledge this, you, you find power over it and you can let these things go. So it's a shedding technique almost. You know, mm. it's deeper self-awareness and it takes you from this surface level existence and it puts you into, a, a, again, a compassionate self-investigation, you know? Wow. It's like a, a body, mind, spirit, brain camp. 
it's like a you know it strains <laughs> you to to see clearly I hope that answered mm. your question wow that's so beautiful thank you for sharing that and I myself haven't dove into that space yet but I know that our key word with Vipassana is equanimity so if you could yes. also share a little bit about that I think that'd be really cool mm. to tie in for sure when people um, go on a, a typical Goenka style Vipassana, he is a practitioner that, that is, is very popular for Vipassana nowadays. You'll probably see him a lot when, you're, when you Google Vipassana. And that one of his, I could say, slogans is remain equanimous. And what that means is when you notice something, when something comes up, say, um, I have a pain in my right leg when I'm sitting meditating, you can find equanimity with that. So you can be non-attached to that. So you can mm. literally, if you have a cramp in your leg, which you definitely experience when, you, when you're first beginning to meditate or even after you've been meditating for a long time, you can look at that. You can zoom out. You can look at that pain and you can say, actually, I don't want to respond to that. I'm going to remain autonomous on that and I'm not going to react. I'm not going to give that energy because when I associate that and when I label that it's it's no longer pain it's it's simply a sensation that I mm. can observe you become the observer so when it is when you, and that that can translate to thoughts in the mind you know when you experience pain and anxiety you see that from afar and you see that as not yours to keep so you can let that pass like wind like leaves on an autumn path you can just see those leaves trail past you you remain equanimous to that. You don't attach yourself to it. And that is the practice. We, we notice that in our society, we can start to label ourselves as, as things when they come into our radar. You know, that's, this is, I'm an anxious person. I'm an anxious person because there's anxiety in my environment. So I'm going to attach to that label because we all like to label, right? That's our conditioning. But we can actually, instead of doing that, we can say, I'm experiencing anxiety. And then it is separate. And then we have space in between the anxiety and our souls to clear that away using equanimity. Wow. That sounds like a really, really powerful practice that we could all really, really benefit from diving into. I'm curious about your journey with equanimity. Like, was it difficult at the start? Like, how or was it like, okay, now I'm equanimous? Like, how was that transition for you? Was there anything significant that happened that made you get it like made it click for you or I'm very curious oh, oh that's such a great question um and the answer to that is no I was not all of a sudden equanimous that's, <laughs> that's uh that would be a really easy version of, of the process um no this is this is deep stuff we're talking about you know from birth and before birth we have been conditioned to do not be equanimous. So this is undoing a lot of energetical threads, a lot of a lot of pathways, as I've said. Um, so it, it takes patience and it is a practice. I just want to reaffirm that again. It is a practice and it is not going to come easy for anybody, no matter how many books you read on Vipassana, no matter, many, <laughs> you know, no matter how patient you are, how long you've been doing yoga or meditation or whatever, how many ayahuasca ceremonies you've sat, it is hard. So, you know, uh, there was no big moment for me. It was, it was mainly um, just the experience. 
just really diving deep and, and surrendering to the experience. You know, once once I realized how much suffering I was putting myself through by by not um, by just sitting there and and pretending to meditate almost, you know, you're just thinking, oh, what should I do when I get out of this person? Maybe I'll have a pizza. Maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll see how Maddie's doing or, you know, like you can start <laughs> making all these like little plans in your head. But that's only so long you can do that for. And then you're creating mm. dukkha. Dukkha in um, Pali means suffering. And that's the common word used in Buddhism. And um, you just create more dukkha by doing that. You know, the real courageous act, the real humble, brave act is to look at how you're feeling. Really embody that and, and, and go through the pain and go through the suffering until you find these breakthroughs. And they're hard to explain through words because honestly, it's such an, a sacred energetical practice that you, you really need to experience. But you know, mm. we, we have teachers and your teachers, my teacher, Mike, he's an incredible um, human act of, of Dhamma and different to Dharma in Sanskrit, but Dhamma in Pali is, is, is the path of Vipassana and the path of selfless service, much like Bhakti. Um, and it just crosses over in different traditions and he and he just provided me so much philosophy so in between sits in between walking meditations and sitting meditations he would offer this philosophy and sometimes some things just click but it really depends on the individual i just recommend mm. everyone tries it and surrenders <laughs> mm, i love that so much and if someone was to be like okay this sounds like it really resonates i feel like i really need this how would they find a vipassana center Mm -hmm. well um they are all around the world they are all around the world and um if anyone is in europe and they rec they need a teacher i recommend mine and and they can you know mike he is an amazing guy so if anyone wants to contact me i can always pass on this information because he runs for passing retreats here in spain and mm. um and and he honors a very separate tradition to Goenka. Goenka is the kind of like the mainstream um, practitioner who holds for passiness. He, he is no longer with us, but he can his his followers continue to host these retreats and um, they're all around the world. You can just Google it. You can just Google Dharma, Goenka, Vipassana, and you will see that come up. But um, if you need a specific teacher, you know, I can always recommend one. Mm, beautiful. And we can definitely add that in the show notes to anyone interested. Yeah. And whenever I get my ass over to Europe, <laughs> I'll be there. I'll mm -hmm. be going to Svapasana. Definitely. That really, really resonates, especially hearing about the experiences that you've had. And I know that you sat in this Vipassana and took part, but I know that afterwards this beautiful opportunity flowed in um, where you were able to contribute to holding the space and providing some nourishment. So if you'd like to share a little bit, that'd be really cool. Mm, thank you, sister. Yeah, and this is, this is amazing. This is partly why I know I had to come to Spain because this fell into my lap. I did not seek this. <laughs> I did not seek this path at all. If anything, I was, I was having avoidance over this aversion over this um, <laughs> and uh, a few years ago before I set off my travels I went to Spain and I went on a yoga retreat I stayed with this woman Aaron in, in Malaga and she's a, a space holder and I stayed with her to learn about yoga this 
before I did my teacher training and um and I wanted to learn more about yoga and and she saved my life short story she saved my life and uh I nearly I nearly was in a big big trouble and she saved my life so when I came back from traveling I, I went to Spain and I was like I need to go meet up with this wonderful woman to share my experiences mm. with her and to, to thank her and uh we met up and um she told me about Mike. She said, there's one spot left on this Vipassana. You should get in touch. And I uh, got in touch and I got the last place. Wow. And uh, and he offered me, Mike, he got in contact with me the day before the Vipassana retreat began. And he said, you know, I saw you on your application that you're a yoga teacher. I believe that these traditions can be merged. Traditionally, a Vipassana would not include movement. And he said, would you like to facilitate some mindful yoga in the morning? So I said, absolutely. That would be beautiful to extend that offering. I would love to. That would enhance my experience, if anything. And um, so that was my first experience as a participant. And then I joined the next Vipassana a month later as a yoga teacher, but also as a plant-based chef. So yeah, <laughs> nourishment. And, and that was only because the chef had dropped out three days before and, wow. and Mike called me and said, do you know anyone? And I said, Mike, you know, if, if this is what you need, you need a plant-based chef, I'll do it. You know, give my place <laughs> to someone else. And I, and I have never done this before, but I will do this. You know, I'm so passionate about plant-based cuisine and nourishing people. And if I'm going to run retreats, this is what I need to learn. So I thank you for giving me this, this um, opportunity and to not be scared to dive in, mm. to live boldly, you know, that find art through this. And um, and he said, you know, there's a permaculture farm nearby we can get organic produce from, which I was so thrilled about because I'm so passionate about that. And uh, we we made these, in, me and my beautiful friend and stepmother, I hate calling her stepmother because she's such a sister to me. Um, <laughs> but we, we did it together. We teamed up and, and we made... Um, we made these beautiful nourishing meals for everyone throughout the retreat and it was such a gift to, to observe these beautiful dharma warriors diving deep into self-investigation and to be that person that can feed them every single day and give them mindful movement every day and to watch them i was so proud of these people you know come from all different backgrounds different beliefs and you know even if you're not spiritual this is a part of you you don't have to label yourself spiritual for this and um everyone was different and uh, it was so wonderful to see and, and I felt like I knew them you know even though they couldn't look at me or they couldn't speak I, I knew their exhales I knew that they liked the food I knew the, how they walked and it was mm. so intimate through that silence that um I really got to hold them in this you know maternal way and um yeah to be that to be that space holder for them was was a true gift mm, wow that's so beautiful the whole time you're just sharing my heart felt all gooey like oh I'm so <laughs> proud of you and so happy for you because yeah that's a big bold step to take like even if you are so experienced in cooking creating delicious plant-based meals like it's very different to be like, okay, now I'm going to be the chef and prepare all of these meals for all of these people who have come here to transform at this retreat space. Like it's a lot, it's a big deal, you know? So I think it's so cool that 
you just took that head on and was like, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm down for it. Really use that as an opportunity to grow for when you want to run your own retreats. I think it's so, so cool and so inspirational. And it's just like, we need to take that leap. Like, what do we have to lose? You know, okay, maybe the food won't be bad. Like, what's the worst is like, the food won't be great. What's the worst is going to happen? You know, at least we try. And I think so many people don't take action because of the like, what if it's mm. not good enough? But it's like, mm-hmm. who is there to say that it's not good enough? As long as you're giving your own best, as long as you're giving from an open heart, like that's all that really mm-hmm. matters. So I, I bow to you, sister, for um, mm-hmm. setting that example out into the world. So, so powerful. Wow. Yes, everything you just said, I, I was just going, mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> my body was responding. So, wow, I feel so good hearing you say that. And that's mm-hmm. exactly linking to everything we've just been saying. It lit me up so much to serve in this way. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's going to serve so many people. And if I can support Mother Earth, if I can you know, support these Dhamma warriors, if I can support my teacher, if I can support these teachings, if I can give back in this way, then of course, let me do this. Choose love over fear. I'm going to live boldly. I'm not going to listen to my ego saying, what if you are not enough? Because absolutely, if this comes from your heart, then it's going to be beautiful, no matter how it turns out. And Mm. um, this is such a beautiful lesson for everyone, you know, like you can do anything that lights you up. You know, if you feel it in your body, this is why embodiment practices are so beautiful. So when that you are presented with these opportunities, your body gives you that permission straight away. Instead of the mind answering, you listen to your body. And that's why the training is so important and it's a consistent practice so that when things come into your path, your heart says, fuck yes, instead of your mind saying, fuck no, you know? <laughs> wow. I love that so, so much. Beautiful wisdom that you channeled there. Thank you, sister, for sharing that. And um, just going off the back of what you mentioned briefly of saying that, you know, this is good. Um, this is good inspiration for when you host your retreats. I know that there's like a beautiful project in the making of this retreat center that is in the works. And I'd love to hear a bit more about that and kind of your intentions of what it is you'd like to bring to this space and, and everything that you're going to offer. So cool. Mm. Yeah, I would just like to touch base on logistics of this because a year ago we had a retreat space. And, and through COVID and through Brexit and through different <laughs> kinds of masculine um, logistics, I won't bore you too much about it, but we, we, you know, my family have decided to not go with that, that certain retreat space and open up space for something more beautiful. And, and the, fir- the first week that I got to Spain, we found the place, right? And, um, and it's, been, it, it's been an incredible journey. And we even, we've looked, they've looked at over 50 properties now, you know, and this perfect place has come up and, and it's all going through, it's all going through again. But I don't want to say a solid it's ours, yes, because that's what mm. we said last time and, and the way knew the way and it didn't work out. So I'm just saying <laughs> right now it's flowing. Um, I love and it. The intention, yeah, and the intention right now is to create a safe container for people to come and dive deep into self-exploration and healing using embodiment practices, using holistic health, using 
using many different practices that I've studied around the world now. And this can now come through into one project. So my dad is a holistic counsellor, a Reiki master and a masseuse. And uh, Alex is a masseuse and she's an artist and she, and she cooks incredible things and she's an amazing space holder herself. And we can all come together with, with my background in, in workshops and yoga and meditation and um, nourishment and herbalism of some sort. You know, we can all come together and we can invite other um, facilitators into that. So it's not just a, this is our retreat. You can come at certain times of the month. No, this is going to turn into a community. You know, the mm. intentions are to invite other people in to share their offerings. The intentions wow. are to awaken something in people that they didn't know they had. My intention personally is, is to open up space for people to come in to realize their own divinity, to help the planet, and to, to make holistic practices more accessible. Mm. So it, it is a lifelong project now that, that is, is so beautiful. It's coming together so beautifully. And Maddie, you know, when, when the time comes, you're going to be there. You know, you and Alex are going to come over. You're going to be there holding space, sharing your medicine. And that's what it's oh. about. It's about sharing your individual medicine mm -hmm. and, and, and tapping into something that we've lost as a society. Wow, that is so beautiful. And as you're describing it, I, I really see myself there. I see Alex there. I see ecstatic love, moon circles, and us doing mm. our Shakti workshops and cacao ceremonies. Mm. Like, so, so exciting. And I think it's so beautiful that you know, even with all the chaos and the craziness of the world right now, there really is that split that's happening. You say like, you know, the 3D timeline, the 5D timeline, like the, the Aquarian age where, you know, a lot of us are going into communities, going off grid, starting to grow our own food and rely mm. on the natural resources that we have to hold these sacred spaces of holistic well-being, connecting to spirit, connecting to source, through such healing practices that have been around for thousands of years. So yeah, I really, really admire you and your family for taking on that mission to being one of those beautiful containers mm -hmm. of light for people to have, you know, a refuge in, you know, when the world <laughs> does get crazy, like we need these places so, so much. So mm -hmm. yeah, I feel very honored to, to know that my energy is, is welcome there. And I'm, I'm mm -hmm. so excited. <laughs> oh I am so excited and and you know sometimes it's it's tough because I'm so I'm so ready to give to this fully but mm. I have to look at this as the observer with equanimity and I have mm. to say okay it's not right here in this present moment so what do I need to do I need to keep learning I need to keep expanding on my craft I need to keep mm. living from love. I need to keep reaching out to other people on this path and people that aren't on this path. I need to keep wow. learning and living this path so that when the time is truly ready, it can just slip straight into that with full knowledge. It doesn't stop. It's the path. You know, it continues. It continues. It expands and expands. Mm. And uh, it, it's all coming together when the time's right. Mm. Mm definitely like we cannot force the divine timing the divine unfolding of things so I really love that you honor that because I feel like again that's another kind of like masculine mindset to be like 
I want everything now. Or like, I want, I want to have full control. I want to know the outcome. I want to know each and every step. Whereas like that's taking us away from the aspect of trust and surrender and just letting go and, and allowing things to unfold. And that's not to, to shame the masculine or say it's bad or right or wrong, but that's just kind of like, yeah, the paradigm that we, we live in, like a world that is so fast paced, so instant, we've got fast food, like fast this, like everything's like, mm-hmm. no, but it's like, well, let's just pause, be present. And yeah, I think the key word just being allowed, not trying to force anything mm-hmm. because yeah. I think the biggest lesson that plant medicine has taught me is that we are not in control of anything so like why stress ourselves out thinking that we are thinking that we can have an influence that we just need to let go mm-hmm. and allow ourselves to be carried into that beautiful unfolding so yeah, yeah that, was a, exactly. that was a bit of a ramble <laughs> that was a channel sister oh mm. and you're right absolutely the keyword is allow the keyword is surrender and and that's what all of these practices ultimately bring you to is be here now you know, we can't fight masculine structures with masculine behaviors. We need to be feminine. This is this is why we do these practices because the feminine Shakti essence isn't a common energy in this world. So we need mm. to provide that. You know, we need to bring other people into that space so that mm. we can see this container, we can see this masculine, we can see this control around us, and we can find peace in that. We just need mm. to find peace this I love that so much and just out of curiosity and I just love to hear your answer what does Shakti mean to you or what does a feminine energy mean to you what comes up Mm -hmm. when you share about that I think of (laughs) I just had this image in my head of Shiva and Shakti and Shiva is is this organizer is this container is this view of life and it's almost like Shiva is watching Shakti dance. If you think about it in, in like character play or something, you know, Shakti is this, is this flow, is this river, is this performer, is this dance. And Shiva is just sitting there saying, okay, I'll, I'll watch you and I will make this safe for you and I will hold you in this container if you dance for me. You know, it's mm. kind of like this divine play. This time, ah, oh, look at you. I got um, my little Shiva. <laughs> Um, but Shakti is, is the power, is the essence that fuels us, and it is the life force energy. It is our breath. You know, once mm. we understand that Shakti is around us, is creation, we can harness our own inner Shakti. We can see mm. our connection to Earth Mother. We can see our connection to the divine. Mm, what do you I think? I love it. I love it. Oh, you're asking me. <laughs> your interview no I love that so much I love that you brought in the polarity of the masculine because yeah the two cannot coincide without the other you know as much as we need the shakti in this world we simultaneously need the shiva the divine masculine Mm -hmm. like you say to hold the space and yeah I really resonate with everything that you say that shakti is like the life force of everything around us all of the flow the ocean waves like the trees that grow like our breath our heart our life force energy like everything is actually shakti it's not you know like just the feminine at the human level the feminine but it's just so much 
greater than that. And ultimately I see Shakti as flow. Like she's never stagnant. Mm. She's constantly moving, constantly vibrating like the particles that everything is made up of. And, um, and then Shiva being that like eternal peace, eternal witness, exactly. eternal space holder, like you say, that she can dance within. So yeah, exactly. that's what I And I really, do. I really, I really resonate with what you said, Maddie. And a, and a great way to make that more accessible for those who, who, who don't really understand that language of Shakti and Shiva. Shakti being, or Shiva being this, the riverbank. Okay, the riverbank and, and Shakti is the river that flows within that. So when you lose the riverbank, the water spills everywhere. You know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's exactly as you said, you can't have one without the other. So we need both and we need to honor both within mm. our society and ourselves. So thank you for pointing that out. Mm, thank you, sister. I love that analogy of the riverbank. I haven't had that one before, but it's a really, really good metaphor to use. And if we think about, okay, yes, we also need the Shiva. We need the divine masculine. How would you say we can cultivate more of our divine masculine energy in our lives? Wow, how can we cultivate more divine masculine energy in our lives? Yeah, using the keyword here, divine rather than toxic masculinity. Um, uh, something that comes up to mind just out of nowhere is communication. And I believe that communication really is a wonderful container for channeling and understanding divine masculinity. No, mm. David Data being an incredible author who really focuses on this. I really recommend you reading one of, I know you have Maddie, but your listeners reading one of his books, The Way of the Superior Man being one of our favorites. Um, mm. But also, <laughs> but also <laughs> nonviolent communication. Nonviolent communication is such compassionate language. This is by Marshall Rosenberg. And he has taught me such incredible formulas and how to present my divine masculinity within me and, um, and to, to without fear communicate and portray what I need and my desires in life in a safe way that isn't criticizing anybody or criticizing myself or isn't jeopardizing the opportunity. So when we create these masculine structures in our lives, when we create these jobs, when we create these setups, the way that we have acquired them is, is using compassionate language. Mm. You know, does that make sense? Definitely. That's so beautiful. And I love that you brought up the nonviolent communication. Something that just came to me when you were speaking was like boundaries. I feel like healthy boundaries mm. are very divine masculine because I feel like the Shakti is like so all-encompassing like there almost are no boundaries there's like a merger blending with anything so like yeah the masculine lens like the square and the feminine being the circle like there's boundaries mm. and like I feel like in order mm. to have that healthy masculine we need to be able to comfortably and powerfully set healthy boundaries like using assertiveness rather than aggression like having confidence rather than like questioning our own worths or beliefs so yeah I feel like like you said nonviolent communication boundaries being able to hold space for others or beautiful ways to tap into that divine masculine so thank you for sharing exactly. that sister. exactly mm. because it's it's very well to say 
you need to set a boundary there okay but Mm. how do I set that boundary you know we're not we're not taught how to set boundaries in a safe way so Mm. it you know there's one thing of saying it and there's one way of living it and and non-violent communication definitely teaches you and David Data's three stages of communication can teach you how to set boundaries not only in a compassionate way but in an artistic way and this is Mm. where we then integrate the feminine right so this is where they work together so um yes uh i really recommend for your listeners to to get in touch with those systems because and also human design and and the doshas so many systems that can support healthy masculinity Mm, I love that so much and just touching upon what you said there the blending of the masculine feminine and communication in an artistic way or boundaries in an artistic way so what does that mean and what does that really look like okay okay so one of my favorite teachers that I found online is Madeline Moon and um she does these incredible videos of working with the divine feminine and masculine and honoring the polarities in in with communication through art so Mm. i'm going to give an example of something that i've seen of her this is not my idea um when your partner let's just say this is um a male and a female relationship and the male takes on a masculine role this is not gender specific this is just an Mm. example um, say that the, the, the woman, the female, wants to take on a feminine role, the male wants to take on a masculine role. This doesn't strip. Um, say that the woman is feeling imbalanced and she needs her masculine partner to take control. So she says, Hey, babe, what do you want for dinner tonight? You know, what do you want? What do you want? For, what do you want to eat? And he's like, I don't know, babe, whatever you want. You know, he's kind of closed and she needs him to be open. And so mm. she wants to invite him in with communication and 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 that it's not flowing and um Mm. and he could she could then ask that again and she could say in an artistic way that would open up his masculinity and open up her femininity and be vulnerable she could say it really turns me on when you decide what we eat and then he could (laughs) turn around and say okay we're having Thai food but you know what I mean like it's turning this into a play I love it. I was going to say, he's like, okay, we're eating pussy tonight. <laughs> okay, fine. I know exactly what I want. I will be the masculine container for you because you've shown me your feminine and it's sexy as hell. You know, like you can make that into an I love art. It. So this is what mm. I mean where you're turning it into a game and you're turning, you've got three stages mm. of communication. You can be passive and, be, you know, you could say the, the female in this position could have been like, oh, I really hate it when you just don't, open up to me and you don't decide because I need you to take control of this right now I need you to be in your masculine and then that creates tension and then it creates arguments and it creates negative energy or there's Mm. stage two so that's stage one is passive stage two can be very much like a non-violent communication which is very masculine but sometimes it doesn't work if you're greeting masculine with masculine you need to have that clarity so Mm. you can say would you consider choosing what we eat tonight so that I can feel safe you know that's Mm. a very polite way of saying it and it is lovely and that can work for some people or stage three an artistic approach (laughs) I love that so much that's really really beautiful and it's such a nice reminder as well it's like 
we can get so creative in the way that we express ourselves and the way that we want our needs to be met. Like, yeah, rather than getting frustrated, like, oh, why does he never decide? Like, okay, yeah, how can I objectify this and play with this and tempt him and tease mm-hmm. him into, into telling me what we're having and then, damn, making the meal himself. <laughs> Cooking for yeah. us, yeah, yeah. you know? I yeah. really, really love that. And it's such a soft and gentle way it's not using force it's not trying to control the other person it's just like yeah just inviting in that space for play which I really really mm-hmm. love because ultimately so life's all about right we don't need to take things so seriously it's just that beautiful Leela the divine cosmic mm-hmm. game of life and we're all just dancing to our own rhythm so I was like why get so stuck and stagnant and in the head when it's just it's so much more than that so yeah thank you for sharing that method that's really really powerful and um I'd love to shift on a little bit and just hear about your upcoming plans that you have because I know that shortly you're going to be making your way back to your homeland back to your roots and I know that's a really really big deal um yeah just to hear about that transition another transition you have coming up for you yeah thank you for asking And this is very much a decision where I'm going back to England soon and I haven't been back for a while and I've got a completely new lens towards this new chapter, new season. And um, I was very much scared about it. I was so scared to go back to my home country, you know, and and I put this affirmation on that it didn't resonate with me, those lands, the society, it didn't resonate with me. And I was creating really negative feelings about it you know I was Mm. was living in this past mindset um pre-travel pre you know I was just really living in that in that place and so I looked at it and I thought okay I'm I'm choosing not to go back out of fear so I need Mm. to if anything dive into that and that's Mm. not to give myself suffering that's actually to relieve the suffering that's already there and find more peace So I'm going to go back to my home country. I'm going to do a beautiful pilgrimage of my land. I'm going to dive deep into the pagan roots of the country. I'm going to travel around a little bit and connect to Mar, connect to Mother Asia, connect to my own roots, my own heritage, my ancestral lineage. And um, I'm going to bring back my offerings to my family. I'm going to learn more. I'm going to work in natural health and medicine for a bit. And then who knows, you know, it's not permanent. Things, things never are. Um, but then there's opportunity afterwards, which, which we're not too sure about yet, Muddy. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's some opportunities that are in mm-hmm. the radar and I'm, and I'm yet to fully uh, cement them in a masculine way. <laughs> mm, I love that. Just letting everything flow completely, which is what we were talking about earlier, right? Just allowing things to unfold. And yes, mm. opportunities and ideas come in, and just trusting that the highest possible outcome will will always unfold. But yeah, I really admire yeah. you for taking that step of like returning home because I feel like we both had this very similar approach or mindset of like about the UK like I know we both come Mm -hmm. from like very very different parts than where we are now when we were living in the UK Mm -hmm. you know like a lot of alcohol and you know a lot of drugs and just that party scene it's just like that dense vibration 
that I feel is very prominent in the UK. So I'm always like, like, auntie, like, no, I want to leave and never go back. I'm never returning to live. Um, and I, I very much still have that very negative story and I feel like yeah that's probably I, I've joked before like one of my biggest fears is, is having to go back and live in the UK so I really really admire that you have the courage to break past those mind limitations be like actually I'm gonna go back I'm gonna move that I'm gonna come in this new self that you flourished into and learn more and grow connect with your roots share your offerings like I think that's going to be such a deep healing experience like on an ancestral level as well so yeah I think that's really cool and I look forward to hearing about that unfolding too yeah you know when when you notice there's suffering instead of um instead of just accepting there's there's some darkness there we, we can put light on it they want to and, and it doesn't have to be as a big gesture as, as moving countries it can be a really really simple thing like if there's mm. an aversion towards dying meditation just look at that why why mm. is there aversion probably because there's fear into what is really going on inside you know mm. and, and that's and that's the that's how it started was to looking at those things for me in my life and saying actually I'm really scared of the passenger I'm really scared mm. of being in this relationship I'm really scared of all these things. So it's, it's just overruling that fear because, again, as we say, it's not our speak. Mm, I love that. And I feel like a lot of the time as well, sometimes just the thinking about it is more scary than actually doing it. You know, like when we actually yeah. do it, we're like, oh, what was I so worried about? Yeah. Why was I so in my head? Like, like you say, that yeah. the ego creates all these stories. So, yeah, it's really cool just to break through that and just experience it and allow yeah. all these new lessons to unfold and you mentioned obviously like from our private conversations that you're going to be working in a herbalist store yeah. I think that's so cool if you'd like to share just a little bit about that that would be really really nice that's a new field for you right herbalism yeah well uh, I'm really into Ayurveda so the sister of yoga the science of life it translates to and it is all about honoring the laws of nature and I'm very much about working with Mother Earth. And mm. I do believe that I can help people through this. So if I'm working in that place and I'm learning more and more and more about herbalism and Ayurveda and, and holistic health, then that's where I can be. Because at the end of the day, that's that's yoga for me as well, you know, and that's mm. and that's Dharma for me is, is to help support Mother Earth and to inspire other people to to do that as well and to consider. You know, conventional medicine has its place in this world, but I, I do believe there are natural remedies for everything too. So, you know, I, I would love to be able to work in that field for a bit more, learn learn more and more and more. And um, I'll be running yoga classes on the side as well and running holistic events there. So it's very much aligned. And um, yeah, I look forward to doing it because in the UK, you know, we need more of that. There already is a huge activist movement. There's a lot of vegan movement over there. There's a lot of mm. yoga over there. So it is happening. But I do believe, especially with COVID, especially with everything like this, you know, this is where we need to find natural medicine. This is the mm. time we need to look to Mother Earth and turn to her and respect her. And then maybe people will be more inspired to look after her. Mm. Wow, I love that so, so much. Beautifully, beautifully channeled. Oh, Jema, sister. Jema. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much for 
sharing your journey with us and some of the beautiful lessons that you've been learning and I totally forgot at the beginning I guess because we're in flow to pull a soul to soul card that usually Mm. I do at the start of the podcast so are you open to answering a question absolutely sister thank you okay I gave them a little blessing before we started you know to to allow the highest card for you to answer to come through just had one flip over oh this is a beautiful question it says in what areas of your life do you feel most abundant and then the second part are there other areas where you would like to manifest greater abundance so the first one in what areas in your life do you feel most abundant beautiful Mm. Just gonna check in and see what my body Mm. says. The word abundance is bringing up a lot of soul family for me right now. Mm. Um, I am feeling so abundant with my spirit soul family connections all around the world as this sacred chapter kind of comes to an end as I enter my my autumn period of going back to the homeland and I reflect, I just see an array of people that I have met in the last few years and I'm still so connected to. And I'm just so, I I feel so abundant with the amount of people that I I have in my life. And I'm in love with so many people and Mm. um, I'm truly, truly blessed to have such wonderful people in my life. And, um, and all of these people are living in their truth. They are, they are following their own individual dharma. They are living from their own individual medicine. And they are all sharing their stories, sharing their love. They are earth warriors. They, they, they're beautiful people. And, and you are so in that, Maddie. You know, I really, really see, see you. And I'm so grateful for you. And um, yeah, and although I'm here in Spain where I haven't made that many soul family connections you know I've, I've made a few from from Sangha there's always Sangha Sangha being spiritual community there's always Sangha everywhere but I just feel it in my being this essence of abundance and then the second part of the question how where would I like to see more abundance is that correct yes where would you like to or what other areas would you like to manifest greater abundance mm. In my offerings, I would like to experience more abundance in my offerings. I have so many ideas and I have so many manifestations in play right now. I really like to see them formulate. I would really like mm. to, and I, and I know they are, you know, and I can feel it. They're coming and, and I can feel it. And there's no fear over that. So I'm pretty sure it's all happening right now before, you know, in front of us and um Mm. yeah abundance being containers for people so workshops ceremonies classes that that is abundance for me these rich teachings being exposed to people that have never seen them before and Mm. and a lot of people wanting to dive deeper into that and just creating more abundance from that and the ripple effect of that so yeah my Mm. offerings would definitely bring to mind (laughs) beautiful and 
if you were to describe, even if it's not yet manifest, but if, because obviously our words hold so much power and creation, if you were to describe mm. one of your offerings right now that you'd like to manifest and you'd like to call in abundance, what would that offering look like? Mm. So recently as a yoga teacher, I have been inviting people to, which is beautifully aligned with our conversations today, Nadi, um, to connect to their own inner teacher. So mm. I really invite people to connect to that inner tutor through these teachings. Um, yeah, when I when I teach more and more, I connect to my own intuition, and it's serving me so well. And I just wish that I oh I I aim to pass that feeling and that essence and that bravery and that art of leadership on. Um, for people to really live in their truest alignment beautiful wow I love it thank you for sharing that yeah because I remember before you were cultivating this platform of like to teach teachers like newly qualified yoga teachers who just stepped into that role and it's it can be daunting you know when like every other human is a yoga teacher and you're like okay well where do I mm -hmm. go from here so that support and guidance is definitely very very necessary so Mm -hmm. I look forward to, to when that offering is in full fruition, when it is meant to be. And I'm sure mm -hmm. so will everybody else, which is very, very beautiful. So thank you for sharing your truth. I know sometimes it's a little bit daunting, like, okay, let's share an offering. <laughs> it's not necessarily in form yet. Um, so mm. thank you for having that vulnerability system. Yeah, um, vulnerability is strength. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh -huh. I'm feeling very cool to pull an oracle card for you just to see what comes out. Would you like? Would you like that? Okay. Awesome. Thank you. So, let's see what message spirit has for you. Ooh. Okay. So we have in our vision. I'll see if I can hold this up to the camera for the listeners. <laughs> it's a giant full moon, and there's a goddess, and she has her hands on the head. She's just kind of like, almost like dancing, and she has a branch mm. extending out from her crown, with a beautiful crow resting on the top. And I feel like this really embodies everything that we've been talking about. And I'll send I'll send you a picture of this little after a call. Um, yeah. But this is so beautiful because ultimately I see this goddess, this Shakti. She's wearing red, the color of passion and aliveness. She's mm -hmm. so in her element, hands on her head, eyes closed, fully surrendered. Got that beautiful branch extending from the crown and the bird resting on top, mm -hmm. which I feel like is that, like you say, that portal of the inner tutor is activated and I feel like that crow is almost like the messenger of spirit who communicates the whispers of spirit to you through that crown through that intuition through coming into your body through dance and movement mm -hmm. to be open and receptive to receive those messages and then of course like the full moon behind her embodying the feminine energy the full moon embodying illumination illuminating light into perhaps some of the darker shadowy aspects of ourselves that we can look at and then fully mm. embrace so this is a beautiful card and I feel like yeah it's encapsulated a lot of the 
areas that we've spoken about and you were just sharing about okay your offerings you like to manifest that is your inner vision you know so that's really really cool and then the bottom of the deck which I like to use as the overall reading of the card or the overall energy of the card is I love this card it's the artist again you have this beautiful goddess she's wading through the ocean and this magical dress she has the beaming sun the setting sun behind her which is really nice because we've got the polarity of the the feminine moon and the divine masculine sun in this beautiful balance with one another she's the artist she's the creator of her reality she's in flow she taps into her own intuition to paint her version Mm -hmm. of life of reality um so that's really really special yeah I definitely see you in this powerful creation mode where you're tapping into mm. that inner vision and a truth and then using the artist within you to yeah to physically create that on your canvas of life so that's very wow. very powerful Ooh. what a beautiful <laughs> reading sister and absolutely mm. really resonates with me right now there's so many beautiful things opening up and it is maintaining that polarity and honoring these things that aren't in full play yet but just as you said words are powerful we all we can do is speak about them vulnerably and invite that in you never know who's listening you know mm. and um and absolutely I feel like the artist and and the builder at the same time I feel this mm. masculine and feminine polarity working together to create something new and it's it's such a beautiful September is always that month isn't it of that new mm. beginnings and that that Virgo grounded energy but also the organizer and and uh yeah that's that's so beautiful thank you for the reading mm, truly my pleasure sister and speaking of Virgo I know you've got your birthday coming up in a few days Virgo Earth, Earth day wow are you gonna be 27 is that right 27 that's correct oh oh my goodness that's so exciting so having that in mind you're reaching your 27th journey around the sun what would you say is the the energy you'd like to bring forth into this new year Mm. like if you could think of something like a key intention Mm -hmm. if you reflected on that at all yeah I have (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, my latest tradition this was inspired by given valley actually where we met mm-hmm. my latest tradition is to change my birthday as not a day of receiving but a day of giving and mm-hmm. I'm changing birthday to earth day so I am inviting <laughs> I'm inviting everyone who is in my space who wants to celebrate with me who wants to you know, give, if there's any desire to give, I want them to give back to Mother Earth. I'm, you know, and I want to, I'm just going to spend the day giving basically. And that is not at all for self-gain or to benefit at all in my own way. This is purely to celebrate the life that I'm living to, and to just show how grateful I am. And um, and if, if you know, why not? Why not change a day of receiving to, to a day of giving? You know, I'm going to spend the day with my closest um people in my life in Spain and I'm gonna spend the day litter picking I'm gonna go to my favorite um waterfall and see Ma in the flesh and um be in her waters and we're gonna go out for some vegan food to give back in that way and to support an independent business and then we're gonna all connect around with a cacao ceremony in the evening so 
it's just and also I'm teaching a free online yoga class in the morning for my friends and family around the world so yeah I'm just I'm really I'm not I'm trying to lose attachment over over the societal birthday traditional hmm. way of receiving you know it's not about that it's about being born and and um giving back with that with the gift of life Mm, I love that so much so so inspirational and I do remember on your birthday last year it was so sweet you wrote like everyone in the valley a personal letter and that was like a lot of people there were like 40 people so and you took all that time to give back in that way and I think that's so admirable and and you know ultimately when we do give we receive so much just from that act so I think that's very inspirational for people to maybe consider that if it resonates so um, thank you for sharing that wonderful practice and before we wrap up is there anything else that you feel called to share or any topic other topic you'd like to dive into anything that comes yeah. up for you? yeah I think um the biggest message that that I feel called to invite people too is um is the next time you are faced with a decision just check in with your body and what that mm. looks like is bringing your hand to your heart and your left hand to your belly and just to really try and listen is this out of fear or is this out of love mm. you know and if your intuition says it's fear just maybe you can journal about it maybe you can speak to a friend about it whatever your outlet is find the solution for this just I invite you to make a decision from your body. And that can be a really, really small thing. Like, what do I want to eat today? Or it can be a really big thing. Where do I want to live? Where do I want to go today? Um, is this relationship right for me? You know, just if we start to introduce these embodiment practices, it will change your life for the better. Mm. The body keeps the score. So I invite you to check in. Mm, so, so powerful. I love that. I love that. Also, this is something that we both share in passion is like choosing love over fear. Because in my last podcast, I literally spoke the words like we cannot be in the vibration of love and the vibration of fear at the same time. It's like we always mm-hmm. have to choose one over the other. So I think that's a really powerful message for people to keep returning back to over and over again on a daily basis. So, yeah, thank you, mm-hmm. sister, for sharing that. And I'd love to just close with a few little fun fire round questions as I usually like to do on the podcast. I never have them planned. So I'll just see what comes up if you're open to that. Oh, yeah. I love your fire round questions. (laughs) Go for it. Okay. I know I asked you this one, I'm pretty sure, last time, but maybe the answer's changed. So what goddess do you currently resonate most with? Oh, thank you for asking. Right around. Ah, it's the same. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I had I to love listen you, to my body. You had to feel into that. I love that you answered Radha last yeah. time. I remember that's so so beautiful. Goddess of devotion. Yeah, Is that Rada. right? Yeah. Mm. It's just uh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Lakshmi for abundance and beauty, in which there is so much of so that all actually mm. comes from a place of being devoted. Mm. You know, I had to go back and watch and and it's because, and you can use the word devotion in any way you want, but I'm going to use mm. it in a way of I'm so devoted to 
my healing and I'm so devoted to sharing love and I'm so devoted to making the world a better place using my own individual medicine and I'm so devoted to Mother Earth and I'm you know it all comes back to devotion living a life of devotion so I'd say yeah Radha I'm fully mm. kind of channel you just that what is one thing that you truly love about yourself <laughs> okay I love my ability to play I love mm. that I can connect my inner child and that I can invite other people to do the same I think this mm. is one thing that I've always had and I can make a game out of nothing and I can find a dance when there is needed one and I can find art and joy in a stressful situation. And it's taken me a long time to really see that as a gift and to see that as medicine, you know. Mm. Um, but I think this is one thing that I like to apply to a lot of my projects and the way of, of, the way of life and my communication is this have a bit of a giggle sometimes you know <laughs> mm, definitely I love that that's your Leo ascendant shining through that big inner <laughs> child that just wants to play and spread love so so beautiful mm. what is a book that has really influenced you or really changed your life recently or in the in the past mm. like a really I know you've mentioned already David Dieta the way of the superior man is there anything else that really stands out for you or maybe even a podcast not necessarily a book or yeah, anything um I'm gonna go with actually right now I'm reading Siddhartha mm, you know great Siddhartha book. about yeah. the Buddha the story I of read the Buddha that one. yeah mm-hmm. and um and this is and what this is showing me is that there are so many different chapters in your life for you to learn from you know you can be you can and, and be careful what you wish for and um and you know you can be surrounded by abundance and material and and beauty and indulgence and and you can learn so much from that and you can and and you learn you see society in a different way and and it's it's a continuing journey and you're never going to get it right and, and it's and it's offering compassion to every single chapter of your life and and it's a story of how the buddha came to be and and I found it really, really inspiring to see him find complete non-attachment to everything, walk a path alone, and then dive into this material way of living. And that still didn't fulfill him. So it's finding mm. fulfillment. And he's going from one thing and another, and he's trying these separate things out, and he's seeing what resonates with him all the time, listening, 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 listening. And it just invites me to listen to everything that I'm doing in life. You know, mm. you know I make a decision. And I, and I stick to it wholeheartedly and then I listen to the outcome of that and then I can change. And it's not having attachment with that change and it's being fluid constantly and, and seeing every single person that comes into your path as a lesson. It's just always mm. listening, which Siddhartha is teaching me. I really recommend it. It's a short book. Mm. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, sister. Final little fire round. If you could have one superpower... What would it be and why? (gasps) (laughs) Ah, wow. I could have a superpower. What would it be? It would be, oh, it would be to heal things, right? So if I saw like a tree 
that was dying, you know. Ah, oh, no, actually, because then I'd have to accept the death and rebirth. Okay, no, gang, <laughs> you know, you know, there, there comes acceptance, there comes equanimity and acceptance, right? If I could have a power, it would be to... Hmm. Wow, Maddie, as soon as I'm thinking of something, I'm then finding myself not wanting it because then that's me wishing that I had something else mm. instead of fully accepting what I have. Is that a really boring answer to the question? Because as soon not as I'm all. thinking, oh, I wish I had this, it's just then creating suffering for me because it doesn't happen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I wish so I could heal the world. There you go. And my superpower would be to heal the world and to heal Mother Earth and to wake people up mm. to their own divinity. <laughs> I love that answer so much. That's so beautiful. Thank you, Lou, so much for sharing all of your wisdom and your love and your light and radiant energy. And if the listeners would like to connect with you a little more to tap into the offerings that you'll have coming up soon. How can they find you or reach you? Thank you for asking. Yes, I would like to extend my offerings to everyone who is listening. Uh, if you want to dive deep into yoga and you can practice with me anywhere in the world, I'm starting up a online yoga studio. So there'll be different styles of yoga you can practice with me via Zoom. Um, you can just check them out on my website, yogaluisa.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram, yogaluisa, to check up, to check in with what classes are available and when. Um, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm all about connection and community. And I believe that you can use social media for this. It has introduced me to incredible people in this path. So I honestly reach out if you have any questions about what me and Maddie have spoken about. Um, and yeah, I hope that you do. Thank you for asking, Maddie. Mm, beautiful sister. Thank you so much again for sharing. Such an honor to have you back on the show. And I have no doubt that we'll have you back again whenever it flows because I love how rich and juicy and deep and meaningful our conversations are. So. Thank you. I love you so much, Lim. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. As you can see, Louisa is such an incredible and inspiring human being with so much powerful wisdom to offer. She definitely needs her own podcast, right, guys? <laughs> so yeah, reach out to her. Keep up to date with any offerings that she'll have coming out soon. Follow her journey on this beautiful unfolding of their retreat center in Spain coming into fruition. And if you feel like this episode you resonated with at all, feel free to pass it on to a friend, a family member, a sister, someone close to you. It would really, really mean a lot to us. And next week, we have a, another amazing guest, Ellie. So Ellie is another beautiful sister, which of mine, we also had our first ever interview together about a year and a half ago, maybe even two years ago now. And Ellie is, oh, amazing. She is a Reiki practitioner. She's immersed in shamanism. She works with the wild feminine, sacred sexuality, so many amazing areas. And we dive into such beautiful topics in our interview. So make sure you keep up to date with our weekly episode releases 
If you would like to hear a solo episode every now and then, feel free to send me a message if you have any topics you'd like me to dive into. And if you know any inspirational souls you'd like to hear on this podcast, definitely get us in touch. Until then, I wish you a beautiful day filled with so much love and healing energy. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Namaste.